feeling real fancy tonight. I don't want to brag, but uh, I took a Uber Black here. Okay. So you know I did not pay for that shit. Not me. Ladies, a life hack from me to you. If a man hands you his phone and offers to call you an Uber, treat yourself. Treat yourself. We've been walking for a while, don't you think? I live in Brooklyn, here in New York City. I take the train or the bus mostly, but every single time I get into an Uber, I'm always like, how does this driver not know that he's uh, my boyfriend? I mean, you picking me up from my house. Now you taking me to my comedy show. You just asked me how my day is going. You care about me. Come on, come on now. Don't front like we don't go together. Kevin. Come pick me up after the show. You bring snacks. snacks. That was comedian Chanel Ali with our bit of the week. Yeah, free radio. And welcome back to Yeah, Free Radio. This is free. For today's episode, I get to sit down with the brilliant Autumn DeWild. A few days before the anniversary of her directorial debut film, Emma, we got to chat about the movie and dive into a process, the characters, the story, everything. So many different things. It's a, it's a really cool chat, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. On the music side, we got some new jams from Silk Sonic, The New Record is Crazy, Lucky Day, Mind Design, Brett Fayez, we got St. Vincent coming up, a lot of new cool stuff. So please stick around for that. Um, we're going to leave this one off with a jam from the great Bunny Whaler, who we lost last week. Bunny was a legend and a member of the original Whalers band with Bob Marley, Peter Tosh, and etc. Um, I wanted to make sure to pay my respects. We're going to leave this one off with Bunny Whaler's Dreamland, and we'll be right back with more Yeah, Free Radio. Yeah, free radio.
Shot the Sheriff by the Whalers. You're now listening to Legalize It by Peter Tosh.
up next is a fun one. The homie Asa sent me uh, these vocals and um, I just decided to do a remix for it. So here you have Casey Hill, Everybody's Mother, free mixed, <laughs> produced by me. Shout out Casey Hill.
dream I feel no pressure flying with no wing I like us together Tied with no string Down for whatever timing might bring Like power dresses on my shoes I travel anywhere with you Safely bring you back in the name of the moon Changing form for you I slay a raging swarm This is Leia with Sailor Moon. This is like the R&B that I really, really love. This is like perfect melody. Coming up next, we got Sinead Harnett with her new record, Last Love. Right here on Yeah, Free Radio. I don't want to feel no way. Because if I'm really being honest, haven't even missed you today Marathon that we go through Just to keep them out of your Every day I'm running round to keep me going If I think too much I remember falling All the things I do to stop the thought of you from coming Cause nothing gets in the way like you Therapeutic power that music has. Um, it's it's been something that I've been accessing quite heavily through this pandemic, and has been a, a source of healing and a source of um, just getting me out of my head and, and and making me feel good. And this record came at a perfect time for me when I really needed to access that therapeutic power, and it really took me completely out of my world, out of my body, out of my head. And it's a perfect record. It's called Talking to Myself by Zoe, Tall Black Guy, and Be My Fiasco. Please enjoy. This is so good.
that you want Don't you want me alone? Baby, I'm acting You held me up when I was down and out But I don't want you waiting around for me I don't want you waiting too long We on the front page of them blogs. Would you be mad at me if the whole world knew this we was on? Would be tragedy. Y'all niggas be globe trotting like travel teams. You always in my travel dreams. Lace up two, three stripes and I'm gone. But you just want me home. Shorty hit my jack like, what the f you doing? Bitch, I'm on and on. You gonna press me now? Bitch, you gonna stress me out and cuss me out? I had my fair share of women. Feelings don't catch me now. Don't act like Come I'm on. average. But you want me home. It's not that I'm over you, not over girl But I got things to do It's so much to be your boyfriend Too much And you ain't making this much easier If I only wish Then I used to be your best friend You see me blowing up Don't act like I'm average You want me home
need some red lights. Light it, man. I know you're here somewhere. You said to me before, here we go, here we go, here we go. Keep my mouth shut. All right, this next track, we're going to be releasing soon. It's a little dedication to the ladies, yeah? Make some noise for Charlie Stacy on the keys, people.
was For My Ladies by Yusuf Days, Charlie Stacy, and Rocco Palladino. Right now we got How Much Can a Heart Take by Lucky Day and Yebba. You've been channeling energy, sending it to me.
with director Autumn DeWild. We're chatting about Emma and more. So, enjoy. Yeah, free radio. radio. How you doing? Hey. Where are you right now? I'm in London. I'm actually in my bed. You're in your, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, this, this backdrop that you got, I mean, 
people can't see it but you have a really cool like little backdrop behind you is that like the i know it looks like drapery is that like, like a headboard dramatic. headboard type it situation is a giant headboard i'm a big fan of big headboards i know me too because i've never had one <laughs> what are you what are you out in london for if you can talk about it um i uh i'm directing a commercial or i just directed a commercial but it, it was kind of i jumped at the chance to come back to london you know because i just I guess like a new prison cell uh, during the pandemic, you know, <laughs> it felt, I, it was terrifying the idea of flying, but, um, but I just, well, I kind of wanted, I really miss London and I, I was probably fantasizing a bit on London pre pandemic. Cause I, 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 I left like, you know, in the sort of like throes of the pandemic reality, I left England, um, you know, on one of those insane flights back when everyone. Oh, so you so you came back to L.A. like right when everything yeah. kind of got crazy. Yeah, that was me moving back for good after the move, making the movie. Gotcha. Yeah. How, how long were you in um, like originally like for shooting the film? Did you move there to shoot the film? Yeah, I moved. I moved uh, to London to shoot Emma and uh, prep, you know, too. So it ended up being like a couple of years, you gotcha. know, all in all. Um and uh and and i i think like i was never a like a someday i want to live in new york type of person it's always been london you know probably because my mom's english and i always thought what would it have been like if i'd been raised here and yeah. stuff so and just had an accent think, growing up yeah yeah of course well yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i'm very careful not to adapt to the to you know the worst thing I'm sure everyone in America has experienced the friend that went to England and came back with the fake Madonna accent. Oh, hello. <laughs> you know, oh, oh, sorry. I'm just so used to speaking around English people. Oh, I've just yeah. been around British people for so long. I'm just... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably talk more American here. Yeah, you just... You kind of for... add it on a little bit. like I do. I'm like, I am not... Yeah, I'm not losing it. Like, yeah. yeah. That's great. And I say words that they can't say, like, jank. Like, that's so jank. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to talk about Emma a bit more because we're coming up on the anniversary of the release of the film, right? Yeah. It's it, February twenty yeah, first, right? Yeah, in America it was yeah, exactly. And then in London it, it was, was like Valentine's around now, right? Day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um it's so weird. It's it's surreal, right? Because it's like oh did God. a year happen? <laughs> and also, you know, I'm fifty this year, so or in 2020, I turned 50. So, you know, Emma was my first film. It took a long time to get there. And I'm yeah. so lucky that it came out in the theaters a, a bit before everything shut down. Yeah, that's true. It and did. Of <laughs> but of course, it's like, but, I finally get to make a movie. And, the and then it's like, it's like <laughs> 50 years to get to this point and you're going to take it for yeah. <laughs> It does seem appropriate, you know, like. Like, don't get too excited about this autumn. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, slow down. You got it. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. <laughs> in, in what ways do you think that um, this time served it? And in what ways do you think worked against it um, as far as like the release of the film? Well, you know, when I was when I was making the film, I was so like overwhelmed it was so exciting to be in london to just have put some distance between me and america because you know the the daily trump madness um 
it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it's not like I could just pretend it wasn't happening. But there was something about not being in America for a little bit that was No, I totally get exciting. that. And, and I envy it. <laughs> and so while I was making the film, I was just like, this, everything about making this film is an escape for me. And I was thinking about, you know, how valuable escape, escapist, you know, uh, films, books, art, anything are for rejuvenating. You know, and so, and that became really important to me, you know, uh, was to, was to uh, indulge in the escape of, um, I know, I, you know, I think that Jane Austen was so, such a genius writer. And part of it was that she created these fantasies of like, you know, your asshole friend learning you know, realizing they're an asshole and becoming a better person, you know. It's like, wow, I've, yeah. I'm terrible. Let me fix that. Yeah. 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 And then some really famous, like, scenarios she invented, you know, created was, you know, the falling, you know, you don't realize you're in love with your best friend and all of that. But it was also time travel, you know, I think just like, um, you know, uh, like going back in time, but, um, but elaborating on the things that I thought hadn't been emphasized enough from the design perspective too, you know, um, kind of felt like period films had, uh, in the, and I'm a, I love that they, they are an escape for me. So good and bad. I'm in, I'll watch all of them. But um, I think it was kind of like, it's kind of interesting that there was like one style that was adopted in the eighties and then it just, you know, yeah. like and- a format. That's that's why I love yeah. this this one so much because if it, it felt like um, you kind of injected some life into the genre of like the period piece um, thing because it's it's so stylized but it's not like style over substance it's still a very good story. Thank you. I, that means a lot to me because I you know we uh, I feel like you know style has to still tell a story. Absolutely. Um, it, you know, otherwise it's um, kind of like a wank off, you know. Totally. I think it's aesthetics in film, like it's it's a character in itself. And I think it definitely is in this in this film, but it's not so much of like a, it's not a distraction to the story. You know, I think like um, there this is a satire on the class system in England and um, and and it helps design and and costumes really helped establish the hierarchy mm, yeah right um you know and and so you can't until you made everyone's homes and position in society clear you couldn't poke fun at it you know and i and i thought you know jane austen language is so beautiful i just i didn't want to have to dumb it down you know so in a way it was like music and design and costume helped explain things you know i think so that you could hear the seven extra words that she put in in sentences you know in that time period and 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 you didn't have to maybe know everything you know what all the words meant you know or or, you know and, and the actors obviously help so much in 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 a way they're translating the meaning by being so good at what they're doing totally and I even just love how, even though it's satirical, it's like they are so rooted in their identities. You know, I feel like my favorite comedy is when it feels like life and death. Like they're not in on the joke of themselves at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that is 
that's the best because, you know, it's true when you're in it, you know, you're fighting with like your best friend over like taking a bite of your waffle without asking, you know, or whatever. It's like the drama is high. And, and I, and, I, and, and truthfully, I'm this, this is a story where Jane Austen was poking fun at a character, but also asking you to fall in love with her, I, I, poking fun at a privileged young woman, you know, and, and so, you know, when you really look at it, her problems aren't that big, right? So in order to, yeah, and, and then, but there, you know what, that's a lot like, that's a lot like high school, you know, you know. And that's how it feels is like, like these, you know, just the, the dating world and et cetera, these, these problems are so like magnified because they're yeah. young and also like that's life for them. It's like, it's not like there's a football game to go yeah. to. It's like these yeah. small little problems kind of dominate the experience because it's like all they know. Yeah, and I also thought, okay, well, you know, from a certain point of view, this is the ideal life, right? And so in order to really, in order to tell the story properly, you had to see the kind of the highs and lows of each person's position in society, right? And and one of the biggest things is a lot loss of privacy. And I remember growing up in L.A., you know, like we... Uh, we didn't have any, you know, we were really broke. Uh, my dad was an artist and my mom was too and stuff. Um, and the first time I went to like a, like a, like a big, big fancy house, I, I was kind of freaked out about how many like maids and things there were. Like, uh, it was, I, I, I think we're, I should have been like, I wish I had this house, but instead I was like, this feels really weird to have no privacy. And you, this, the people are either ignoring their servants, which is weird, or They're over weird. acknowledging them. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just, it's an uncomfortable position to have. I don't know. And so I thought the, that was important to me in the movie was to, was to show the difference between when they were actually alone, each character, these private moments and what they were like in the sort of, the sort of privacy they were used to, which was with servants watching. It's, it's even funny, like, in moments in the film, like, uh, when there's, like, they're putting up the small walls, and that's, like, their, their little yeah. privacy. <laughs> Who knew it would be such, like, so COVID-appropriate, right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> we might we might need to apply that concept. It kind of made sense, though. I was, so I, I came up with that idea because I, I thought, you know, in the book, he's very... That character is very obsessed with drafts, and it makes sense because everyone's mother is dead in the story, right? You know, like it, most women died in childbirth, and most people lost a couple of their children, you know. And this is also before they understood that infection was passed, how infection was passed. So it was thought at this time that environment created the sickness, possibly, you know. And there's a fear of drafts and, and it causing colds and stuff too. So it's kind of like as insane as it was, it was kind of fun to create something that was an exaggeration of the logic. Like when you get this script um, and you're like, wow, this is my first time doing a feature. Like, yeah. are you looking at it like, how do I, like, how do I inject my personality into it? Well, it's interesting because I was asked to pitch on it. So I was totally blown away by that. I kind of thought, Maybe that was a mistake. I was like sort of prepared. 
to get partway through it and them to be like, oh, not, oh, we didn't mean you. Because <laughs> 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 it did feel like it came out of the blue, you know. Um, but, uh, but I, I, I'm, I love research. I wasn't a good student in school, but as soon as I had something, I sort of have one obsession Same. over. Same. Yeah. And I, I think that's right. And I think that's an undervalued quality in the school system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I didn't realize until much later in life how valuable that was my obsession or, or sort of there's there's you know obsession is a beautiful dangerous line you know it, in love it can it can create a very romantic scenario or it can be destructive <laughs> overwhelming and yeah. stalkerish right yeah the same thing with obsession with a subject music art you know whatever it is one record one story one person and how they dressed you know but we, I feel like the world needs people like us that can focus so much on that one thing, you know, and yeah, and so yeah, so I feel like because I, because I was older, I was like, and I and I have had a lot of experience, not not making a movie, but you know, directing music videos, doing album covers, going on the road with bands, and documenting Rodarte, and a lot of little pieces, right. I sort of realized that like, I'm just going to use this as like a, an exercise to go all in and what am I going to lose? I'll know more about Jane Austen, you know, Yeah. And the story. And, and so the, the personal stuff I've found just in the, all my work starts to appear. Right. And it starts to appear when I start to understand the human connection. And that's when you start going, well, just like when you hear a song, you know, and you're like, you decide that's your breakup song, right? Like a great song feels like they wrote it just for you. And so I think that as I started researching um, Emma, I realized that it took so much understanding of the history and the time period to get the humor. And, and, and so I was kind of... And then I was real. I realized how many details have been left out. What happened was that Eleanor Catton, who's a brilliant novelist, she wrote the Luminaries. She had written the first draft, and so when I got the job, it you know it was because I had pitched a certain angle on it, which is the, which is that I felt like it um, a, a screwball comedy like bringing up baby and and um, and his girl Friday. That style of comedy, I felt the physical comedy would help an audience understand the comedy that was inherent in the story but required research if that makes sense and then when i started thinking about that and i always i think life is football comedy you know it's like <laughs> it's so yeah, right it's like everything feels so fucked up and then you know you retell the story and it's hilarious you know <laughs> once you're past it right wow, you know that is, and that is a true metaphor for life right there oh my god Right. And, and especially like, a, you know, one of the greatest survival techniques is being able to laugh at yourself, you know? So, so that, I think that that started, I started thinking about, you know, the loves of my life, the affairs, the obsessions, the friendships, you know, and, and suddenly 
you know, suddenly so much of myself and Eleanor's life was going into it. More from my conversation with Autumn DeWild right after this break. Yeah, free radio. radio. This is the new jam from St. Vincent. Annie Clark, the queen. Give her all the flowers.
there's some of you in emma you think oh my god yeah well what i love about um everyone thinks they're harriet you know the 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 victim of emma yeah. and if you really look at your life you're like oh okay it's like i'm probably no, yeah, no. We're, we're all sometimes probably <laughs> i have been emma too but i definitely had a couple emmas in my life you know and uh and i definitely have felt like harriet at times and i definitely have felt like mr knightley too you know no, i feel like we've all done emma like shit for sure yeah when you feel especially when you feel like you have the upper hand in a relationship mm -hmm. which you know with friendships and love affairs and stuff you know it can switch too yeah and i thought you know well if i didn't see myself in emma i wouldn't be able to make her an anti-hero you know you, she really has to she really has to be terrible but you you ha there has to be an element of hoping that she's going to realize it you know and um and that was part of the fun was feel like a lot of female characters are you know hollywood's really uncomfortable with them being um unlikable um you know and but i thought about the people that that were my sort of emmas in high school and, and after high school and i was like they don't have that kind of power over you unless they're so charming yeah and that's that's how they get you <laughs> Yeah, and unless and you feel complete around them, right? They bring out something in you that you didn't realize was there, or they're just you know you you have someone to study and copy, right? When you're feeling insecure. And I totally feel like at at that age, like the the bigger personality always wins. Like the big personality is what everyone looks to. So if you got the big personality, people are coming to you, and then. You can use yeah. that power to manipulate if you if you choose to, and, and she definitely made those choices a few times. Yeah, yeah, and I think too, like, you know, the best friend that you don't realize you are in love with, I think that is, everyone goes through that. And so that was really fun to, to use my own life yeah. with, because I've been on both sides of that, you know, um, and, and like, you know, the person that you love arguing with you know um you know the person that you care what they think about you the person you sort of like to get a little in a little bit of trouble with for their attention yeah. and the person that's gonna like kind of like address you when when they feel like you've gone too far 
and you're yeah. gonna hear him out because you trust him even though you don't want to hear yeah. it like yeah I, I love that in that relationship mr knightley is supposed to be the moral compass in the story and i i realized that he had been misunderstood a lot in film as just always being right you know and so johnny and i talked a lot about um about panic attacks and and uh and and so we had like a panic attack story for him where he was like totally like the leader of the good guy gang mm -hmm. and then as soon as like emma got under his skin he became like a man baby you know yeah, yeah. and and the panic attack set in and like you know when he the loss of control and so that was really fun to have a man in that care like Act, an actor like Johnny who wanted to investigate like that side of the character totally. and not just be like the hero. I feel like he's the most emotionally vulnerable I'd say in the movie like visually every single time he's flustered it's like yeah. so obvious <laughs> I, know. I know yeah it's great I know it's it's addicting to watch him get flustered yeah it was, yeah. Co it was cool to watch it was cool to watch it after my first watch um, and then like kind of catch like I liked Emma a lot more the second the second time I saw it I think. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Be just because I kind of knew like okay like yeah she does suck but she also does have some charming qualities about her. Yeah. And she also learned her lesson too, which she does, which is like oh god, I mean you just dream of that happening, and I guess it does occasionally, but you know because what's what's it was it's also fun how Jane Austen understood that she misused her intelligence. So the, and, and, you know, when someone is really smart and they use it to win a fight instead of to be, to do the right thing. And or I was really obsessed with the idea of blindness in humanity, you know, where our blind spots are and who they occur with. I do like that it's a very immediate like shift in her, where it's like she comes yeah. undone momentarily and then um, yeah, she kind of writes some of the wrongs, at least some. Of them. Yeah, and we call my editor and I call that the doom section, because so when, when so the I sort of come undone and <laughs> yeah 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 because we wanted to give um, we wanted to give and the writer Eleanor and I we wanted to give full people a bit into thinking it was just a lighthearted comedy, um, and 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 Isabel who did who the, our composer also played a big part in that, so that. Because if I think like at the the picnic scene when she hurts Miss Bates' feelings, if it's it's such a little thing, you know, it has to be so major that the audience gasps, right? So if you don't set that up properly, then it's just like whatever. She just said something rude, you know. Part of all of that design in her hair and her clothing and stuff was to help show. And her controlling everyone, including herself. There was a there was a there was a hair there was a curl design where she just she's just like all emotion and not control anymore. And and we sort of I I kept referring it to as her clock, you know, no, like her cool. little music box, yeah. you know, and the that the as you know one little spring is wrong or one little cog is wrong and everything starts breaking and stopping you know we're a year removed from the release of the film and just seeing you talking about it and seeing like how you light up when you speak of the details of the movie that's how i know so, it's like you you really love what you do thank you it was so exciting to have so much support i've 
I've had some really amazing times with people believing me and I've had some really shitty times. I'm glad I've had both. But to embark on a movie that's size and to have the sort of people that gave me the job really want to see my vision, I almost couldn't believe it was true. And that doesn't mean that there weren't fights or that I didn't have to be a good politician at times or, you know, or risk losing things, you know, but I, 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 the trust was, you know, you get, you, you get so much done with that kind of trust and from the actors too, that people were willing to deal with the abstract with me, like movement, you know. How would you say if at all this process and creating this movie uh, changed you? I think, you know, um, I've often told other, you know, photographers, younger photographers that sought my advice, that a really big part of being a photographer is thinking that it's all worthless. Like everything you do is a piece of shit. Photographer nihilist. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, you're like, this is amazing. And then you take like, you know, two years later, you're like, so just what? there's so many photos everywhere you know and like who cares and that that person takes photos now and that per you know it's like you it's so amazing when you know you're doing something you keep being pulled back into it because you don't get constant validation uh for these different especially a sort of the jack of all trades master of none fair which i had a lot of my life was like i studied ballet I and then that. yeah sure i think it's you know and then when someone's successful they say oh he's a renaissance man <laughs> he can do it all but when you're not successful you're like oh they can't decide what they want to do right i made a decision a long time ago that i was gonna take a chance on these distractions and I figured it was going to take a lot longer to really be good at all these things that I wanted to do. If I wasn't going to just do one thing, you know, and time and time again with patience, I realized that something I had obsessed about as a teenager was like saved my life creatively, you know, like I know how to do that because I... I thought it was pointless that I did that, but now it's great, you know? So I think making the movie was like, of course, not like I'm done. I'm the best at everything, but it was so satisfying to see that, you know, failing at ballet saved my life creatively because I know so much about dance and movement, you know? And then like photographing, bands and you know there's a certain period where I couldn't pay my bill a long period where I couldn't pay my bills record industry was capsizing it was right when I had I still had never quite got those budgets or you know um uh I was just as I was sort of seemed like I was possibly achieving something you know the record industry sort of you know started sinking and I realized one of the things I really I did, had so much uh I had so much time observing human behavior. And because I went on tour with bands, I'm a woman who went on tour with bands and and observed so many men in very private moments. 
and gained their trust, you know, and watched the highs and lows of their relationships, their good and bad behavior with friends and lovers, you know, um, observing women as well on tour, you know, the, the being stuck in a van or a bus is such a particular type of totally. like human bubble. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like the highest level of intimacy. It's like, okay, we're, we're all yeah. really close to each other for a very long yeah. period of time. <laughs> yeah. And that was, I know how to make an actor seem like a rock star. And I don't think enough actors are, are put in that machine. They're put in the sell this suit, sell this dress machine. You know, um, oh, you're an idiot. You're an actor, you know? And I think like in the 60s and 70s, rock stars and actors were a lot closer, right? And I think that was really valuable for, you know, developing Johnny Flynn's character, um, you know, and also the girls, you know, it's not just men, it's like everyone like finding that thing, trying to create like an iconic image for each character in a way with the actors, you know, uh, inspired by the actor's performance. And then the other thing that um, was really invaluable is that, you know, I it took a long time to break into directing commercials, I directed movie videos, and I just needed to do something where I could um, support my daughter, you know, and survive and, and be more selective as a photographer, hopefully. And what happened was, you know, I didn't go to, I didn't go to college, I didn't go to art school, I didn't go to film school, I couldn't afford any of that anyway. And, um, and so what I got was I learned, I, w I went into film school through the music videos and the commercials. And every time I did a commercial, I was, I was learning how to be a good politician. I was learning how to take criticism. Uh, I was learning how to like take a bad idea and make it better, you know? Um, and that's really important too, you know? I have a team, you know, I had a team that has been with me for a long time. I think like a crew is like, a, like very once in a while you go to a great party, not very often, like a really great party where it's like everything is happening. Right. And, and a, a film crew should be like that. Like, wow, everyone here has great chemistry, not just the two lovers on screen. So I do try to do that because I think that most movies should fail. Most music videos, it's so crazy how many things can go wrong. And I think a lot of people can, I suppose, create where everyone's at war, but I don't believe in that. So I just like, I think that that knowing how important that psychologically that is on how hard people work and how how if I can do anything about making them have a better experience together then they will it's like being a great captain of a ship and everyone fighting for survival of the whole ship not just their own survival what it sounds like to me is that like what you've gained from this experience is, is understanding how much everything you've done like has kind of brought you to this moment and kind of like supported it yeah the the ballerina quote-unquote failure and um just like your love yeah. life growing up and like oh my god so many broken hearts yeah and how all these things they all kind of like came back into your life and they were able to be useful so you could look yeah. back on those things and be like wow nothing was actually a failure everything was actually like something that i could use at some point 
I've often felt it's true. I've often I've often said that if we we would be so fucked if we were in charge of our own wishes, <laughs> you know, because which one would you change? Which one would you change? Yeah, because like you would be losing the thing that happened after that was mm-hmm. good, right? And, and that's and it's the, it's the in between, and it's like the what happens leading up to. I mean, it's it's like how you kind of take in like failure and not getting what you want. Or, you know, the 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 journey towards trying to get that thing. I feel like those are those yeah. little in between moments or what those are like your personality. How did it feel to actually have Anya get um a Golden Globe nomination? How did that feel? I have to say it was really exciting because I feel she you know, she really broke herself open. And apart, she broke herself apart for this. She she gave herself completely to me and to the project. I couldn't have, if I'd had, you know, I was a first time director. If any of those actors had pulled a power trip with me, this movie would have been screwed, you yeah. know? And we investigated the amount of work she put into like investigating the darker sides of herself, the darker yeah. sides of people she's known, the lighter sides. She she gave herself over to, you know, comedy is like physical comedy is can be an embarrassing process. She gave herself completely over to that. And she's so smart, you know. Um and she she helped everyone in the cast. Like she she she's didn't she doesn't have like a diva star bullshit attitude you know she's one of those actors that makes other actors better because she's giving so much to them and then to see her in like the 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 netflix series yeah queen's gambit she did so she was so great in that um it's kind of like is pushing her on a on an incline towards like bigger and cooler things and i mean i I, I would definitely like i think it's cool that you're a part of that story I think I'm I feel so proud of her and so proud to be to have her trust um because I think she's like the type of movie star I want to see which is like not trying to she's story first yeah and like any anyone who wants to look beautiful or sexy sure that's in there but she's story first and and uh and that is so exciting in in a woman and you know and some of my favorite female artists that i have photographed it's for that reason because they're story first and i'm like i want this to be remembered you know uh documentation of these people's work you know over time has been raising up the type of person that i think is worth working with and that is you know uh uh brings other people into the light with them that I want to help make them as big as they can be and be and be and be more from my conversation with Autumn DeWild right after this break. Man it's been over twenty seven years of Dead Punk and they just recently called it quits. But we're so grateful for the music they left us with. Um and this is one of my favorite records for them. This is called Something About Us. I might not be the right 
there's something about us I want to say Cause there's something between us anyway I might not be the right one It might not be the right time But there's something about us I've got to do Some kind of secret I will share with you season um do you feel like um that your vision and and what you thought of the film do you feel like that was fully realized i feel lucky in a lot of ways because i it got a lot of attention at the beginning where it really was important you know uh i just want to be able to make another movie so you know it has resonated as successful you know, and then the pandemic happened, which cut the box office short, but it had had a good opening weekend. And then uh, a couple of weekends, I think. And then, and then it became like, then there started being a lot of chatter about it being people's escape film, 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 the film they were watching over and over to sort of like, you know, chase the blues away. And that that meant the most to me of anything was that it was giving relief to people, Yeah, you know, and bringing them that kind of like joy, I guess, you know. Um, I, I, I'm a competitive person. I would love, you know, their, I'd love for my team to be, uh, you know, for there to be awards for them. Um, I can't lie and say that I wouldn't want it, but I'm not expecting it because you know, it's in a category that has been sort of seen as fluff, you know, and I, I, I'm really interested in, in going into genres and re rejuvenating them because I think that there's something interesting about, you know, I think there's something interesting about taking something that's done the same way over and over. Mm -hmm. Like I'd really like to do an action film because it's done the same way over and over and over. And so, but what if I did it, you know? And so, so I think just being able to do the, make the movie the way I wanted to is, is, a, is rewarding enough. I know that also I'm not a director that can wear a pretty dress in a magazine story that there's, in it. you know, like I'm going to be the, the, I'm always going to be a little bit of the outsider and that's okay, you know? But at the same time, that's important. Like it's important yeah. for you to be fully yourself because that that helps other directors coming behind you. Yeah. And also no disrespect to anyone that does look good in a pretty dress. It's just that like it shouldn't men are allowed to be like slobs in 
I mean, you know, I I love style, but my own style. You look I'm great like in a suit, big woman. You look great <laughs> in a suit. I'm a big woman who's sort of half man sometimes, you know, kind of a boy, kind of a girl. And and I'm like not trying to look young. I'm not trying to look thinner than I am. I was very thin in my young life naturally, and now I'm bigger and I'm totally embracing that. So I, I just like feel like if I could do anything, I'd like to encourage you know anyone to be like well i never thought she could someone that looked like her could be a director so maybe i could be you know i would love if i could help a little bit that way you know like it seems more tangible to see that you've gotten to this place because that's nice you're you you do so many different things and you're you're a photographer for most of your life and then at 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 this age you become a feature film director like that's i know it's so crazy that's such a <laughs> extraordinary story i quit so many times too like i just like i couldn't pay my bills and so i think like it's it's i want people to know that like it's okay to just get work to pay your bills you know it's it's also okay i had a baby i didn't wasn't planning on it i was 29 which doesn't sound as young as it felt at the time yeah I'm Certainly sure. none of my friends were having babies. Yeah. You know? But it's 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 yeah. really cool. And even just like having been on set for one of your music videos. Yeah. Um, and and to go from that place to like now talking <laughs> yeah. about you releasing a feature film that's like <laughs> almost 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And like it's a beautiful story and it, it definitely encourages me because I'm someone who uh. is also like you who, you know, I do a lot. But, but I think that it's cool because um, it just reminds you that it's all for something. What is next for you? You're shooting this. Uh, you're shooting this commercial now. Yeah, like I, I shot a commercial, and a part of it was because it was in Eng in London, and I just really wanted to get back here. Um, I have a couple secret projects I'm working on, and um, it seemed it felt like it was going to be easier to work on them here, um, and to be in the same time zone as some of the people I I would need to be talking to. Even just going to another country just to s sort of not be allowed to leave my hotel room seemed <laughs> like uh, encouraging that maybe possibly we might be able to travel again, you know, because I pretty much traveled for work most of my life and that was the only way I saw the world. And there's a part of me that's like, wait, I was about to have the possibility of just taking a trip if I wanted to go look at something you know so i'm scared that i won't be able to do that you know before we wrap this up what have you been watching lately um like that's been inspiring you i, I went on a well i a lot of junk so i'm not going to pretend i'm high post like i love i love i love me some good junk it's a good time know? for junk yeah but i um you know bong joon ho who directed um parasite i was like you know I just want to know more about because I loved Parasite and so I saw some interviews with him and 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 how they were you know in Korea they were cut off from uh, you know uh, cinema history for a long period of time and then at a certain point you know when the with the regime change like they got all this information and so they had kind of like a cinema cinema group right and so they they all at once they were watching all these films that were famous right and so 
Um, and he did a movie called The Host, which is basically like Jaws, or you know, it's a genre, it's a Jaws type genre monster film, right? And it's so so cool, like so cool. And I saw an interview with someone who said, you know, the interesting thing about the host is that he shows the monster at the beginning. So like a lot of movies where there's like a, you know, something attack that's attacking people, it's slowly like what is the mystery of who the, what the monster is. And he's just like gets rid of that and he shows the monster right away. And so it's all about this family and these people and how they're dealing with the monster and how they're dealing with this disaster. That's a cool way to flip the, uh, Yes, and that movie is so good and so funny and weird and sad and beautiful. That's just what it tends to be, yeah. I got to see that. I haven't seen that one yet. Are you someone who uh, likes to kind of be up to date on like the new releases? I do. I fall behind a bit because I also get obsessed with certain things. Like um, I became obsessed with the show Money Heist, which is a Spanish. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Um, yeah. Have you? Yeah. It's like two seasons in and they're still on the same heist, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I kind of love, I love, like, they're, I'm actually obsessed with a couple of the actors in that. And it's like um, really fun kind of escape. Yeah. And then the other was I May Destroy You, which I think. Yes, like, yes, yes. Uh, Wonderful. You know, for me, I felt as a woman, I felt like. I had never seen anything that dealt with the complications of consent mm-hmm. like and rape like in a in a, you know in a way like just how she dealt with rape on one level is genius but then how she dealt with every character kind of you know uh the darkness of every character's faults and and how complicated it is how each person at some in some level has 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 misunderstood consent or created problems you know and, yeah and i thought that was really i think it was one of the smartest shows that i've ever seen i feel like what it really really did um like what it really got um so right was how um everyone took their turn at playing the villain Yes, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, you said it in one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have to rewatch that. Um, totally, I, th- I think I'm on the. Uh, I'm stuck in the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah rabbit hole right now. I'm, I'm very. Oh deep. yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen that yet. I'm very yeah. deep in it. I won't. What's give your? It. So, what is your favorite like stuff that you've watched this year? 2021 or just like since like COVID? I or? think this year because it's interesting um, to know what people are like what their escape was Juice and Black and Slide is definitely my favorite so far of this year um I'm trying to think of what else I saw Nomad Land was really great um yeah Minari is wonderful oh sorry I forgot to talk about Minari yes, yes. Minari, Minari is wonderful I just thought it was it's so funny and so heartbreaking yeah. and it was also so nice to like you know it was so cool to to be educated about a, like like a, a cert, like an, another type of like uh, immigrant story that was like uh, such an unusual. I mean, a shame that it's unusual, but an unusual viewpoint to like see. It was so nice that so much of it was not in English too instead of dumbing it down it is so specific about a certain culture and a certain family story 
like you feel a connection to it that's such great storytelling when it's not oversimplified or like whitewashed yes and i love how still it feels like it just feels still like it so confident feels like it happened to you because you kind of get immersed in it as the the scope is widened and more stories get told yeah that's this is when we're really starting to see the beauty of of film and how far it can go I um, think so too. And I think I'm yeah. excited to see like the future of it. And I, and I think that there's still a lot of problems. Um, For obviously. sure. And yeah. seeing the Golden Globes nominations uh, annoyed me. Yeah. But Well, I mean, I thought just that I may destroy. It was, why am I surprised I may destroy it was not nominated? But I was yes. fucking shocked. And then I was like, why am I shocked? You know. They're, 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 that shows like the people's champion. Like it's the, it's the people's yeah. Oscar. It's the people's Golden Globe. Um, yeah, because it dominated the conversation of like popular culture for a large part of 2020 just because it yeah. it was so unsettling that it forced you to like look at what you have possibly done to contribute to yeah. violence or when you had possibly played the villain against your friends. Yeah. Yeah, we could talk. We could truly talk forever, and I'm, but I'm glad we we I know we're we starting a cinema club now. It's totally. Please. <laughs> like, let's do it. <laughs> so good talking to you. Um wishing you all the best thank you yeah happy to be a friend i feel the same thank you for supporting me it means a lot yeah and and the same to you i'll see you soon and please take care okay you too free i want to give a big thanks to autumn dewild for joining us on the show today big thanks to you for listening hope you guys enjoyed the show and we're going to wrap things up with a a bit of a slower mix. We got some some more soothing tunes to uh, to wrap this one up for you. Some Sam Cooke, some Devin the Dude. You're going to love it. So stick around. Um, we're going to close it out. And thank you guys once again for joining us. This is Yeah, Free Radio. We'll see you next week. Smoke rings I blow each night Oh, where do they go? Those circles of blue and white I wonder, why do they sing? To picture a dream above, 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 above Then why do they fade My phantom parade of love Puff, puff, puff Oh, you can pop your cares away Hmm, puff, puff, puff Night and day Blow, blow them into air
things I love Please take me above with you
where the trees burned down Place where the fields went down in flames We could put a hole in the ground Oh, seas and dance for rain It takes a mind to worry Conscience to feel ashamed But there's no place to hide out here These skies are filled with flames In both our hands are filthy Pointing up at the moon And all tonight I hold you close Close enough to Hope of God and grows where we dance this afternoon. Hope our children walk by spring wind flowers. Oh. Hope they'll get.